three, two, one. <laughs> hey, welcome to Cross Baltic. <laughs> Chocolate Knox is not here, but he is here. He's coming on third segment. He is. We also have Steve Dace coming on. So exciting. Yeah. We're going to get into uh, Trump impeachment. That might be coming in the Senate. Divided Congress. Yeah. Gridlock in the Senate. That's right. This is a post-mill show. It gets better and better. It starts with just me and yeah, Gabe. We're sorry. Yeah. We're sorry. But yeah. it gets better. Yeah. Wait for third segment. And, and and just so you know, I don't like doing this show without Knox at all. I no, just, we don't like it at all. I feel like I feel like my left hand has, has been it's, sliced off. Especially because yeah. of the coffee's not as good. It's definitely not as good. Toby made the coffee. I mean, it, you, it is cross-politic coffee, so it's yeah. better than most. Yeah. It's Sovereignty Roast, which yeah. you can get from mm-hmm. the merch store. Mm-hmm. But it's not as good when, when Knox doesn't make it. That's right. But it That's is right. in my founder's mug because I'm thinking of you, Knox. Hey, you guys, we got our magazine subscription. It's coming out, and it's going to be delivered starting March 1st-ish. Yeah. So we're going to do four magazines a year, every quarter, and then we're going to end with the Christmas yeah. issue. Pretty excited about that. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, the goal of this is, as you guys know, is like we want to do a mini kind of book experience every quarter with various authors on a theme, on a topic. Uh, this uh, next magazine issues the joy of the Lord is our strength, yeah. our joy and strength, and it's kind of you know we're we're kind of prepping you, getting you ready for Easter, That's right. getting you ready for Resurrection Sunday. You got to celebrate. So we're pretty excited about that. I thought you were going to do to talk more for no, the second. Like, we're just going to celebrate. celebrate. I'm, like, I'm like, what? What? What else? Oh, <laughs> where's Knox? This studio is falling apart over here. Uh, so make sure you guys join up, get a subscription. There's also a, you can do a gift subscription as we talked about. Oh, you know, yeah. get one for your crazy uncle, get one for your 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 pastor, elders, church, business. Uh, send a couple to Tim Keller. We and, love and <laughs> JD Greer and JD Greer. He needs you know? a co- he needs a subscription. Yeah, seriously. And oh. then and then now that President Trump's not in the office anymore, send him a copy. You yeah. know, he has more time to read now. <laughs> so get him a copy. All right. Make sure you guys uh, also see join us in South Dakota. I'm so excited about this conference. Yeah. Steve Dace, who's coming on in the second segment, he's speaking at the conference. Love we God, got, sing songs, that's right. defy tyrants. So sign up now. There's all sorts of speakers coming. I, hopefully, and, I got a couple. Um, uh, what did we pull out my cowboy hat? Remember we talked about how we pull things out yeah. of my cowboy hat? No, we don't. Uh, yeah. Hopefully we yeah. got we got a couple of things I'm working on with some speakers that should just be super exciting uh, for that conference. And Plus, there's going to be shirts. It's it's a family integrated conference. I have people still kind of email yeah. saying, "Hey, can I bring my kids?" I'm like, "Yeah, there's you can sign your kids up on the on the page. So right. make sure you, you we, bring we need, your kids. We need the kids singing psalms especially because Psalm eight says that out of the mouth of nursing babes and infants, God has ordained strength. Yeah. When they sing, especially, that's right. That, that's when God does His mighty works. And yes, summer, there will be shirts. Okay, got that clarified. Yeah, love God, sing psalms, defy tyrant yes. shirts. There yes. you go. Yep. Yeah, we, yeah. But summer there, there was, was wondering. There was a little, a little thing on Twitter this week yeah. about it, and and, and I, I posted. Like, yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah. it was okay. it was kind of hilarious. But also, also, don't forget. The Fight Laugh Feast Scholarship, the deadline is like now. It's like tomorrow. February 1st. If you're watching this Sunday night, it's like now. So go on. uh, Make sure if you got accepted to NSA and your mail, according to God and biology, um, you can sign up Mm -hmm. for this Fight Laugh Feast Scholarship. It's almost half of your tuition for a year at New St. Andrews College here in Moscow, Idaho. I'm, we're really excited about the ones that have already applied for the scholarship. Right. We're looking forward to looking at those essays and picking one That's right. for this next year. 
Classical Conversations supports homeschooling parents by cultivating the love of learning through a Christian worldview and fellowship with other families. They provide a classical, Christ-centered curriculum, local like-minded communities across the United States, in fact, in several countries around the world. They train parents who are striving to be great classical educators at home. For more information and to get connected, visit their website, classicalconversations.com, classical, Christian, get connected, get community. This episode is brought to you by Classical Conversations. Love those guys. Check them out. Make sure um, that you guys go to their website. Check them out. If you guys end up going there, uh, tell them that Cross Politics sent you. That's really helpful for them and how they partner with us and everything. As we covered on the show, this was was our midweek fix where we talked about kind of uh, Joe Biden's... Without Knox. Yeah, without Knox. We talked about Joe Biden's um, executive orders. Yeah. Well, he one of his executive orders was requiring everybody on federal property to wear uh, masks. and interstate commerce uh, and the air travel and trains to wear masks because apparently he has authority to do that over on federal properties and buildings and so forth. Uh, so he wrote this executive order, which incidentally um, everyone was already doing. Yeah, pretty much. Right. Everyone, everyone in the federal buildings were already required to wear masks or, you know, it was already happening. It's 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 such a virtue signal. It's like, no, 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 I'm going to tell you to do it. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to tell you to do it. Yeah. Now that I'm the leader of the house of representatives. So he's, he's serious. I mean, they they think the masks are going to save 30, 40,000, uh, 50,000 people's lives. Oh, great. Yeah, seriously. And so, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the press secretary, his press secretary, who's up on the screen right now, uh, she uh, was talking about it with one of the reporters uh, here this pa- uh, since he signed that executive order. Let's see what happens. Why weren't President Biden and all members of the Biden family masked at all times on federal lands last night oh. if he signed an executive order that mandates masks on federal lands at all times? At the inaugural... At the memorial, yes. I, I think Steve, he was celebrating uh, oh. an evening uh, of a historic day. You don't in have our to country, wear masks when you're celebrating. He signed no. the mask mandate because it's a way to send a message to the American public about the importance of uh, wearing masks, how it can save tens of thousands of lives. We take a number of COVID precautions, as you know, here in terms of testing, social distancing, mask wearing ourselves as as we do every single day. But I don't know that I have more for you on it than that. But as uh, Joe Biden often talks about, uh, it is not just important the uh, example of power, but the power of our example. Was that a good example for people who are watching who might not pay yeah. attention no. uh, normally? Well, Steve, I think uh, the power of his example is also uh, the message he sends by sign- signing 25 executive orders, including oh. a- almost half of them related to COVID. Uh, the requirements that we're all under every single day here to ensure we're sending that message to the public. Yesterday was a historic moment in our history. He was inaugurated as president of the United States. He was surrounded by his family. Oh. We take a number of precautions, but I don't think I think we have big bigger issues to, to worry about at this moment in time go ahead anita oh let's move on let's move on go ahead anita (laughs) the important thing was that he signed the executive order not that he's obeying it because he was celebrating with his family his example was signing the order you know you guys should just print out pictures of biden without a mask on on federal property and when anybody asks you just say no i'm celebrating (laughs) that's right i'm just celebrating i'm I'm celebrating at work i'm I'm going to work and i'm celebrating celebrating with my family yep you see (laughs) Is that okay? Just like the president. How many – isn't there like a video collage out there? We, we've probably even played it on the show where um, uh, every leader who's been pushing for masks 
at some level. Nancy Pelosi, oh, yeah. you know, all these people are basically L.A. mayor are hypocrites. No one on obeys all it all the time. No. no one obeys it all the time. We've we've we've, we've talked about it a lot. I mean, yeah. you know, even going to you know the barbershop that's not open. You know, whatever, going get your hair done. That's right. Going on vacation and telling people make sure you stay home. Go, you know, don't go to restaurants and then you go across the border to go to some restaurant. Absolutely, they, yeah. they they they're not actually obeying these things. Meanwhile, the Biden cabinet is is being trailed by ethics concerns. <laughs> Surprise! Right. Surprise! Already, Biden, Biden's been in office it, for forty seven years since yeah. he's like twenty nine. It's it's talking about um, the assistant health secretary dude in the dress, right? No, no, no. These these because that, <laughs> that's that's my ethics concern right now. Yeah, is that the a, one they're worried about? That's probably the biggest one. No, I mean the dude shouldn't be wearing a dress. Yeah. Why do we have cross dressers? In the cat, all oh, right. Well, this is—I mean, this really shouldn't be a surprise. I mean, Biden's been in office for forty-seven years, uh, federal, some sort of federal office for forty-seven years, yeah. and his son's been caught in all sorts of ethics concerns. Right. You know, no, a Biden probably has a trail of ethics. You know, um, so Rhode Island Governor yeah. Raimondo—he's going to be the Commerce Secretary pick. So that's Biden's Commerce Secretary pick. Face uh, ethics complaint from an adversarial state GOP that took issue with a billion-dollar contract extension with a gaming company. <laughs> IGT. Without a competitive bidding process. In 2020, the state's ethics commission dismissed the complaint, which alleged a conflict of interest since, all, all since Democrats. IGT's lobbyist Donald Schweitzer was also working with the Democratic Governors Association, yep. which Armando led. Oh, that's nice. So, And, and what's yeah. crazy about this is if you, if you guys, I'm sure, um, I, I used to work with a company where we did a lot with government contracts and everything. Yeah. Uh, doing a, uh, an extension without a competitive bid cr- process mm-hmm. is is normally not ethical it's right. normally not how it goes yeah. and even the more money that's involved in that competitive bid process the more uh checks and balances that they right. have in all this right. because they want to make so, sure that people are not just making contracts with their buddies that's right and and then because if you have a if you have a kickback system or one particular buddy who's you know you're doing it all, you can get higher you know right more money involved and you can ratchet it up and and people start um and part of it, competitive bid process just kind of helps save the government money or the taxpayer dollars right, because exactly. That's it's, it's introducing competition, and they didn't do it on a billion-dollar contract. Yeah. That's insane. Boston Mayor Marty Walsh is another one. He's Biden's pick to lead the Labor Department. Listen faces to this. scrutiny after campaign filing showed he paid his girlfriend's fundraising consulting firm over a million dollars. Oops. Was it worth it? In an October 2012 conversation recorded through federal wiretaps, Thank you, George Bush, for the Patriot Act. Yeah, Walsh informed a local union leader that he had told housing developer Avalon Bay Communities that it would face permitting delays if it did not hire union workers for a planned project. Labor secretary. Yeah. That, that, sounds, that sounds like it's going to be great. In a yeah. separate incident in December 2012, a developer told the Boston Globe that Walsh had pressured him to rescind building contracts awarded to non-union contractors. Oops. Yeah. that uh, Labor secretary. And he's he's forcing union place. So, so you know. remember, all these picks actually have to get approved by the Senate. Yeah, right. So so you know, dude in the dress. I, I don't know. If, does he have to get approved by the Senate? He's assistant health. He's director. assistant health. Maybe assistant health. Yeah. Maybe that's why he did the assistant rather than the. He, <laughs> then have to he they'd yeah, have to have a dude, right. and, dude in the dress in the Senate. But you know, anyways, there might have been a few dudes in the dresses in, in the Senate already over many years. I think yeah, some of prob- those dudes, probably at least in their own homes. Yeah, right. <laughs> doing something. So you have a fifty-fifty split. In the Senate, right? right. With Commie Harris as the yeah. tie. The vice president There's will be the tie in that. Technically two independents, but they're just, they don't even count. 
They just they're just Democrats. And then there's Machen from West Virginia. Manchin. 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 Machen. Yeah. Please don't. I know. Dis- uh, my mistaken fault. with Machen. Manchin yeah. from West Virginia, who, who who seems to be kind of a little bit a more, little more moderate. Yeah, yeah. And a couple of the the Democrat senators from Arizona are also said to be that way. So we'll see. But basically, um, it's interesting in this divided Cong in this divided Senate. Um, currently, McConnell and the Republicans still um, hold. Um, uh, majorities on committees. Yeah, right. Um, and in or, and when you have a new Senate, even though now you have an even split, you have to agree basically on what they call a power sharing right. deal. Right. And and we had this back in two thousand one, where there there was a Republican executive, mm-hmm. uh, George Bush, and uh, and then you had a fifty fifty split, but it was considered a Republican majority because you had um, the vice president right. uh, breaking that tie. Right. But now, in order to agree on a power sharing thing, um, basically. Um, uh, McConnell is using um, the fact that they have a majority on most of the committees mm-hmm. um, as sort of a bargaining chip uh, right. with the Democrats right. to try to get a decent um, power sharing right. um, deal. And, and part of it is because because you have this split, 50-50 split, well, you have no authority to change the heads of the chairs in these committees. Right. And so it, you're jammed. And so obviously all the chairs of the committees were Republican Right. And, and carrying over to 2021, they can't change that because right. they're 50-50 split. One of the other protections uh, we can thank our, our forefathers uh, for is there's this um, filibuster right. um, thing where um, most um, most bills have to be, um, in order to be um, uh, passed through debate, debate to be finished, and then brought to the floor for a full um, vote, vote um, they have to pass a 60-vote threshold. Right. Right. Um, to advance most bills, right. and so what can happen is if you you've you only got fifty nine mm-hmm. um, uh, for it, you can um, a, it, min- a minority can hold out um, and say they're not yeah. going to vote to move it um, uh, to vote, and this and this is something that is um, actually slows um, this right. bad stuff down, right? And so the um and the, the so McConnell is trying to use that as well. Basically, making um, who's the Democrat uh, is uh, uh, Chuck Schumer, who will be mm-hmm. the 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 new sort of leader of the of the Senate. Um, he's making or the the tied leader of the, the tied, Senate, yeah, yeah, but, yeah but, right. but sort of de facto. Yeah. Um, he they they want Schumer to agree to not end that filibuster right. protection right. in exchange for a power sharing agreement, and they've right. got to figure this out. But uh, I don't even know why that's really in a bargaining chip for Schumer because you need. 60 votes to actually overturn the filibuster right. itself. But I guess McConnell doesn't even want it to be on the table. Yeah, that, right. That's, that's the deal. So anyways, um, that's in the works. Um, you know, it's in, it, it's, it, might, it might seem like, you know, who cares? Right. Know, the Democrats won. Right. Well, no. Um, we should understand how our government works. Right. You should want to know how your representatives and how your senators are that's voting. Right. How yeah. are they thinking about this? Um, they're still your representative. They still need to be faithful where they are. Right, right. And, um, and these are details that actually really matter right. um, quite a bit. So, and it's, and it's going to matter because uh, on Monday, they're uh, going to accept the member of the, uh, the House impeached Trump. Right. And so on Monday, they're going to accept oh. those, those articles of impeachment. They're going to receive them. In, and receive them in the Senate. And then in the Senate, you have, like, uh, I think you're required within 12 hours or something to start the trial, the impeachment trial, after you receive those documents from the House. Okay. So you have a time clock where you got you, you have to you, you have to receive those. Once you receive those documents, you have to start the trial. So remember, now the Senate is going to be debating on Trump's impeachment. Right. And the initial thing is actually going to be whether to have a hearing or not. 
Um, so there needs to be because there's a debate on can we impeach a president after he leaves office? He's already left office. That's right. And um, and I we've talked about it a few times on this show, and I I gave the arguments I think a week ago on why some are arguing that you can right um, that uh, the acts of impeachment and removal can be in some ways considered separate things. Right. I've read several other articles, and thanks to those of you that have sent them in to news at crosspolitics.com or tagged me online. Um, and and I, I think there is a stronger constitutional argument for the other way, for saying actually um, that uh, they should not take up the trial. Right. Um, because they, the, the, and the bottom line being basically um, that process existed in state governments, which I pointed out before. Right. Um, but the fact that the Constitution does not provide for that explicitly right. would seem to be very clearly um, an indication um, that uh, they didn't intend for that. Uh, right. The one, the one um, exception is there was there has been one guy who resigned, was immediately impeached by the House and then by the Senate and banned for life uh-huh. uh, back in like 1876 or something like that, uh-huh. which would be the one exceptional thing. Um, but I think... Uh, it, huh. You know, that doesn't mean, though, that they got it right. Yeah. Um, nevertheless, it'll be interesting to watch that. Remember that the Senate has to have 67 of its members, two-thirds of it, uh, to have to vote to convict the former president right. in order for the article of impeachment to pass. And then they would have to have a separate vote on whether to ban Trump from ever holding federal office again, which would stop future bids for re-election. Steve Day said on his show, uh, who's, he's coming up in the second segment. Yeah. But Steve, Steve Day you, said you on his show. You can even hit the music right now. Oh, okay. Just, I'll, just, I'll just, just do that. While you're doing it. Yeah. Steve Day uh, said on his show, oh, we don't want this music. <laughs> uh, we'll let it happen. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, he said on his show a couple weeks ago that you just pray to God that all the Republican senators impeach Trump. Yeah. He's like, just do it. Because so, it. this is a good way to start burning the Republican Party down. We need a, we need a massive transformation. We need a reformation of the Republican Party. Steve Dace is up next. Next. I'm excited. This guy, he's on fire. And then Knox. Third segment. Third segment. When a medical need arises, hundreds of thousands of Christians across the nation care for one another by sharing financially for those medical needs. Samaritan members pray and reflect God's love and care by providing for one another. While times continue to change, God's love doesn't. He cares for us as we are called to care for one another. <laughs> it's like deja vu. Yeah. And, and they don't even know. Welcome back to Cross Politic. Sorry, it's still just me and Gabe. Sunday special. Knox is going to be coming on, though. Yeah. Just Patience. Hold, hold he's on. coming on. Third segment. He's coming. Um, yeah. Uh, we've been told he's, he's coming on. Hey, with us right now on the line, though, we got another white guy, Steve Dace. <laughs> uh, he's conservative American talk show host. He also runs a podcast on YouTube called The Michigan Podcast. Ooh. He now appears on Blaze TV, the Blaze Radio Network, and podcasts on The Steve Dace Show with yeah. co-hosts Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre, airing Monday through Friday from noon to 2 Eastern on The Blaze. But... That's not all. Not only has he been on Cross Politics several times, he is coming to the Fight, Laugh, Feast rally in South Dakota, oh, the freest state in the union, That's with the right. only governor who read the Constitution. <laughs> and so, Steve, thanks for coming back on the show. You bet, fellas. Uh, this worked out great. Your taping schedule aligned with a day I had off, which is rare, so it's good to talk to you again. Brilliant. Thanks for joining us. So, um, Steve, um, 
first of all, it's good to see that you you made it. You made it through all the crazy. Well, I think I think your, I mean, your and, show kind of blew up this last year too. And and and, he, and you're smiling. Yeah. Um. And but so but help us please. Just what what just happened to America? I don't know that anything just happened, guys, as much as it's just the next level of what has been happening. Okay. Um, I, you know, I, I, there's a best-selling book somewhere. I think one of its lines, something along the lines of uh, sow the wind, reap the whirlwind, or something like that. Uh, do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. <laughs> best-selling uh, book. He will always reap what he sows. Yeah. Did you hear this book? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I just think you watched a fall harvest of what's been going on in the culture uh, for quite a long time. And I think this is just the next iteration of it. And to borrow another metaphor from that famous book, the contractions are just kind of coming closer in our culture now. But guys, I'll tell you, I was deeply disappointed. I went from not being, being able to bring myself to vote for Trump four years ago to this past year, uh, using every resource I had, every relationship I had uh, to get them to stop with the COVID panic porn, to look at the science. I I felt like now I'm actually fighting harder to get this guy reelected than he is much of last year. Right. Uh, I, I thought he earned my vote. Uh, not, not hey, look how bad the Democrats are. I thought he objectively earned my vote with his policies. I voted for him. I, I don't believe he lost the election. I do believe it was stolen. And no, I've never looked at a Dominion flowchart. I just <laughs> looked at the I just looked at the votes themselves, and right. the math doesn't add up. But with all that notwithstanding, and yes, I'm well aware of what awaits. Uh, but that's actually why I'm excited because I think we have something we have lacked for a long time in America, and that is clarity. Mm. We know where everybody stands now. We know who everybody is. There aren't any more wolves in sheep's clothing, guys. Yeah. There's just mm. sheep, wolves, and then sheep dogs. That's all that's left. <laughs> and and we're good. And and you know what? That's when our belief system does its best work. It doesn't like the muck and the mire and the moral pea soup. Where it shines and thrives is when there's clarity. Mm. And there's clarity in America right now. So what do you, what do you mean? There's clarity. We know where Mitch McConnell stands, or what? I mean, what, what do you mean? What is that clarity? Well, that's it. On a, that's an example of what I mean. But I I mean like on a macro level. I, I've never seen a more clarifying force in the history of American politics. I don't know of one. The level of people who literally just hey, it's Donald Trump. Let me sell out to him. Oh, hey, it's Donald Trump. Uh, let me you know uh, make myself ridiculous because he's around me. I mean, the amount of people. I mean. It, it's almost like I'm not drawing an equivalency, but it's almost like the American political system saw Donald Trump the last few years and came up to him seething, had you come to persecute this before the appoint of time, son of man? That's almost <laughs> what it was like. And people just went out of their way to say, I will prostitute myself for Trump. Just went out of their way to say, I will prostitute myself to uh, oppose Donald Trump even when he's right. Yeah. And, and, I mean, there's a marker that's been laid down for a guy that has lived most of his almost 80 years in the gray. He has, he was the most clarifying thing we've ever seen. And I think that, I think we're better off from, uh, from a cultural standpoint than we were before he took over because of that. They're not lying over there anymore. On the other side, you know, on, on my show, we talk about two Americas, the, the left America and what's left of America. Mm -hmm. And in the left America, they're not lying anymore. I mean, they're literally out there prowling, dancing around in red unitards and pitchforks, okay? The reality is if the church cannot rise up and thrive in this environment, 
then, you know, the culture is dead and is probably getting what it deserves, sad as that may be. Well, this, real quick, the real assistant, quick. The assistant health director being a dude in a dress yeah. is just kind of one, you know, one of those other yes. classic things where yeah. it's like, the, yes. like you know, I, th- I think even Obama might have been a little bit embarrassed of that. I don't know. But like, but it's like Biden's like, let's come together and, you know, I'm going to have my health director be a dude, dude in a dress. Right. Real quick, Steve. Yeah. I, I, and, and I, let me use my pen and a phone. In 48 hours, he's eliminated about 80% of the Trump presidency yeah. in 48 hours. Right. Right. I want right. to talk okay. about that more. Um, yeah. real, real quick, Steve, I had Dave Bonson on my show yesterday to talk about the good, bad, and the ugly of, of Trump. Could you just maybe take uh, you know two minutes to kind of summarize what you see was the good, the bad, and the ugly in the last four years, specifically with Trump? I think the strength of Trump's presidency was his transactionalism. And the weakness of his presidency was his transactionalism. Meaning, I think his greatest victories were on foreign policy. I think he laid down a marker in Riyadh in May of 2017, his first big speech when he went to Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. And he said, hey, we're not here now to colonize. We're not here to spread democracy. If you leave us alone, we'll leave you alone. If you guys want uh, what we want and want to make money, we'll do that. Stay out of our way, though. We don't care. You get in our way. We're going to make you wish uh, that your father had worn a prophylactic that night. And I think that that, <laughs> that statement worked. If you, if, you look at, if you look at the peace deals that were done, no new wars that were done, that transactionalism worked. When he had the power and authority of the White House to unilaterally act on our behalf, right. he almost always did because he, he, he knew that he owed us, right? Uh-huh. But where the transactionalism ultimately brought down his presidency is he really went to Washington, I believe, believe thinking that he could order the deal this thing. Uh-huh. That he could just put Mitch McConnell's wife in the White House people like Rex Tillerson and Reince Priebus on his staff, and that the Republican Party would embrace him with open arms, outsource the repeal of Obamacare to Paul Ryan, and he could be trusted because we're, we're all now one big happy Republican family. Right. And the fact that he never drained the swamp ended up being his undoing, right. handing his presidency over to Anthony Fauci and Debbie exactly. Burks. He never yep. recovered from that. Yep. All right. And so to, the transactionalism is what ultimately did him in. And for us, moving forward with political engagement, the lesson that we have learned here is the next the, – we, we need a guy with his messaging, mm-hmm. but with convictionalism <laughs> instead of transactionalism. Huh. Yeah. So what is the – what's the next four years look like, you think, Steve? What, I mean, for especially you know, for conservatives, what's left of America, yeah. um, what do we do for the next four years? Is the COVID over? <laughs> <laughs> well, the first thing we do is you know, we, do, we preach the word in season and out of season. He mm. has shown you, oh, man, what is right. Right. Yep. These are eternal things. We don't <laughs> change whether 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 the Islamic courts are are invading Cappadocia or whether we're signing the Declaration of Independence. Right. We don't change. Right. We, we do what we were just called to do. Come what may and let this world do its worst mm-hmm. um, from a political standpoint, though. I think we need to be more concerned about the next six months than the next four years. And here's why hmm. there's going to be unprecedented assaults on just not just our values but the platforms by which that we stand for them yep. and communicate them yep. that, that I think for, I think we've got to, I think we've got to get through this year where we survive because next year will be an election year in the midterms and they'll largely feast on each other. Right. But with Trump out of the way this year, they're going to take all the energy they have spent on him the last few years and they're going to spend it on us now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so this year we either hang together or we hang separately. And you asked me about the COVID, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's funny because there's these dueling impulse pulses on their on their side where they have the branch Covidian cult that wants to believe <laughs> the black plague and it's not okay it's serious but it's not the 
Black Plague. But then there's a lot of people on their side that like to talk the woke game. But really, the Cuomo brothers would like to be in their box seats at Yankee Stadium for opening day, guys. Yep. And, and, yeah. and, and for the All-Star break at the absolute latest. You know what I'm saying? Right. Okay? And you're already seeing this now. Just since the election and since the inauguration, the World Health Organization has, has, has said what I said months ago that Facebook crushed my page for, that we're, we shouldn't be testing asymptomatic people, yep. that we that our cycle thresholds are too sensitive. Too high. Yep. Too high. WHO's admitted this now. We've now got Democrat governors in Kansas, New York, saying we need to reopen our states. The Democrat mayor in Chicago has told the teacher unions, yeah. if you don't show up for work in person, you're all fired. Hilarious. The, the Republican governors in Massachusetts and Maryland, both anti-Trump pro-lockdown guys, mm -hmm. are now talking about reopening their states and are actually making moves to do so. What a coincidence. It's like wow. the vaccine. Is it Astro is, is it is it the Astro vaccine? Is it Pfizer? Is it Johnson & Johnson? No, folks. It's the Biden vaccine. Lockdowns are no good to them anymore. And a whole lot of people voted for them, believing that they would get things back to normal. Right. They can't sit here and cater to this branch committee and cult all this year mm -hmm. and not reopen things. If they do that, they're losing 60 to 70 House seats next year. Right. Wow. They, they, wow. Ha they have to be saviors now. I'd, they I'd they say have yes. to be the savior. That clip alone is why you need to come to our rally in South Dakota. That was fantastic. April 29, 30, May go. 1. Go to FLF Network forward slash rally. Register today. Mm -hmm. um, so you said we've got to stand together or we're going to hang together. Um, what does that actually look like practically, Steve? I mean, from, from I don't know, from Washington, D.C., but all the way down to my local you know city and county and state, um, what does that look like to stand together? I think we've got to be, so let me, because so, I, I have a tendency to do this, and this is my New Year's resolution, is to point the finger back at myself more often, okay? okay. So I work with a great company called The Blaze. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are phenomenal. I get I get to do the show after Glenn Beck. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good lead in, right? Sweet. Okay. Yeah. But we have things that we could do better. For example, one of the strengths of the Blaze is every show has its own its own orbit, its own its own ecosystem, its own independence. But that's also one of the weaknesses. So with my new book, A Nefarious Carol Plug, I was just on Ali Beth Stuckey's show. Yep. And and I can't tell you how many people in her audience emailed me afterwards and said, Now this is a largely evangelical audience. Yep. We're on the same platform. And a lot of her audience was like, Wow, I've never heard of you before. <laughs> I think what we've got to, what we have to do is is we got you know uh, we got to coordinate one another more often. Mm -hmm. We have mm -hmm. to share one another on yeah. one another's platforms more often. I think we have to create, you know, it's what I've been telling my audience about disobeying the COVID edicts. Mm -hmm. They can arrest one salon owner. They can't arrest fifteen of them. That's right. They can arrest one restaurant or gym opener. They can't arrest fifteen or twenty of them. Right. They can they can they can throw out two or three people that show up at Walmart without a mask. Right. They can't throw out forty or fifty people that That's do right. it. Right. Mm -hmm. The triple braided cord is tougher to break. And I think what we've got to view ourselves as now is is again that's kind of my buzzword at the moment our own ecosystem. And we have to operate as one where we're constantly sharing one another and one another's works on various platforms so that, hey, they want to Facebook has crushed 72 percent of my Facebook traffic for being right about COVID in the last wow. month and a half. Wow. All right. But you know what? If you guys share it and other people with platforms watching this share it, they can't crush all of you. Right. right. Mm -hmm. That's that's more of what we need to do is be intentional about being our own economy of scale. From a cultural standpoint, Steve, when you when I was thinking about um, the that's really good and really helpful. The um, uh, 
thinking about the COVID, um, this this transforma- transformation of the COVID messaging. It's a miracle. The, the, the yes. miracle here. Now, you know. Touch the hem of Biden's dimension. <laughs> Part of me, you know, is is thinking, you know, uh, you know, cons- you know, massive, massive conspiracy, and and I think there's probably really have been people, pull, you know, saying no, we're not going to run that story yet. No, no, wait, wait, um, sure. wait, wait till the inauguration. The flip side of me also thinks that there is something deep in the human psyche, you know, the masses who really have been trained to believe that Trump really was the devil, um, that that Trump really was, you know, this this new Hitler sort of regime coming in, that real fascism about to take over. And there's something about, you know, suddenly this deep relief, he's gone. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. su- and suddenly the sun comes out and you start looking at things a little more clearly. And it seems very um, possible to me, at least, uh, plausible to me, that a lot of people suddenly are being able to see a little bit more clearly. They're not as terrified because of Trump. And then they look around and they think, well, I guess we got to go back to life now. Um, yes. and it's, and There's it's a lot to that. It's those wrong, work, but those, those things work symbiotically, by the way, brother, exactly. That, that, the enemy understands human nature. And so he plays his plots to, exactly. co- to coincide with our impulses. Right. But yeah. there's a lot to that. You know, when, now listen, I don't believe Donald Trump legitimately lost the election and I've argued it a million times. Right. One of my best friends, Congressman Shiproy of Texas thinks I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I think he's wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. But, but th- that notwithstanding, the reality is the reason we had the mail-in vote scheme that either A, produced a bunch of legitimate vote drops from Nimrods who didn't understand how to mail their ballot on time at 4 a.m., or B, was a literal ballot harvesting uh, process. Right. Either one, whichever interpretations of those events you have, the reason why we had it is because Donald Trump surrendered his cojones and his office to Anthony Fauci and Debbie Burks and to lockdown and and to COVID panic. And that set the stage for their, the the mail and voting scheme that the pagans have wanted for 20 years. Okay. And so this goes to, we have to take, I'm not a big believer in victimology on any level. We have to take responsibility for the mistakes that the guys wearing our uniforms, the guys, the guys wearing, uh, you know, representing our team, so to speak, that they make, you can't argue about, we got robbed by the refs. Well, I don't know. Don't fumble the one yard line in the second quarter. It doesn't matter what the heck the refs say right. yeah. at the end of the game. That's right. right. Yep. And so that's what that's the that's what we've got to take stock of is the mistakes that he made. And I thought Angelo Code Villa has a phenomenal piece at yes. American Greatness. Yes. And there's a, and one of the sections of the piece was the dog that barked and never bites. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he talked about something that I've described on my show many times, where Donald Trump would jump on Twitter. All right, we're going to do this radical action because of you lefties. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. And like, oh, the left is on fire, man. They light themselves on fire. It's self-immolation. <laughs> Joy Reid's had another, her, her, her 19th nervous breakdown on MSNBC, right? <laughs> and so they show up in Megiddo for the fight. And then Trump, like, never bothers to show and never does it. Right. And so we get all the blowback for his claims of radicalism, right. but then none of the benefit from him actually doing it to punish them. Right. That's, his, that's, his, that's the worst case scenario in politics. Never, ever attack what you are not willing to kill. Mm. He committed that political sin numerous times, especially in the last year and a half. Yeah. And that was the undoing of his presidency. So that he had he made their base max lit 24-7, 365 <clears throat> days a year. And then he would often argue with his own base, hey, I'm right. never going to sign one of these omnibus spending bills again, I promise. Then he signed like four more, right. Right? right? And so that you can't do. Don't lay down markers. Don't walk into the Valley of Vila with five smooth stones if you ain't planning on using a slingshot. You that's know what right. I'm saying? Yeah, that's right. Amen. You know, Steve, uh, I think 
maybe this maybe this is for our our generation, uh, but I I think my generation um, has more kind of cynical distrust for politicians than our our previous generation. Uh, yeah, I agree. Before us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even even uh, you know uh, Rand Paul, who I I would support, I would like, but I I just don't have a problem like trusting even guys that I, I have an affinity towards. So um, you paid attention for ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So when now that now that Trump's out of office, part of me just wants to um, burn everything down. Like get let's get okay. Mitch McConnell out. Let's get. Uh, uh, Lindsey Graham out. Let's get you know every all these politicians that have, have been lifers. Hello? Pardon me. Yeah, yeah, hello. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and and especially now, like the Republicans don't have any power in the House. They have a little bit of power in the Senate. They have no executive power. Well, now let's take these next four you know you know years to to really cleanse and purge the Republican Party. Okay. I'm in. <laughs> right, there we go. Right, there we go. Hundred percent, ten thousand percent. I don't think. What, now, I've been a strong advocate of an alternative to the Republican Party for several years. Mm-hmm. I've changed my mind in the last month, and there's one reason why. I saw what happened with Parler. Mm. All right. Yeah. It, it, at this point, it's beginning to look like we just did the January sixth episode to put Parler out of business, basically. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. So Parler gets the number one app in the world by creating a rival ecosystem to their Overton window on big tech. Yep. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and so they're independent of the system. And look, when, when they were, when they were no longer like a guy like Dan Bongino, for example, great guy. Yep. All right. His, his, his show really blew up in the last two years and this was one of his babies. Okay. Right. And so he gets parlor to the point where he says to Twitter, I'm leaving. I'm out five, four went out 5,000. All right. And he, he goes over to parlor where they've got millions of users now. Right. Well, now, now, but now that he's no longer under the protection of the official system, now they shut him down. Now they say you're hate, it's hate speech. Now they got the Department of Justice. They got the, the House the Democrats sent DOJ a referral to investigate Parler just wow. yesterday. Okay, wow. my fear now is if we jump out on our own independently, especially if we do it with like a Donald Trump as the front man for it. Yeah. Five minutes after we do this, we're all domestic terrorists. Right. We're all deplatformed. Right. Not only that, every bank will say we're not going to process your 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 donations. Mm-hmm. None of that. I don't know if you guys have gone to that Gab that has its own servers. That's the Twitter yep. competitor. Yep. All right. You, you can't pay. I, I I want to subscribe to them. I have to freaking pay with Bitcoin. Okay. <laughs> because because no one will do business with them. Oh, right. Wow. Yep. And so I'm I'm now beginning to think in the last month that the best thing to do is to actually remain in the under the grandfathered brand uh-huh. of the GOP because okay. it's already grandfathered through the Overton window. Yeah. But then while you're there, just wreak holy havoc. And, and by the way, if, if, if a terrible Republican wins the primary, um, don't vote for him in the general. Yeah, right. I mean, it's just that simple. Right. I mean, if, if you can't get the job done in the primary, let the Democrats do the deed for you. Because the reality is, if, if the last 30 years, what have we gotten by voting for a lot of bad Republicans because they weren't Democrats? Yeah. Where, where have we pushed back on the left on any front? There's one issue I can say that there's more freedom now than there was 25 years ago, and that's guns. Mm-hmm. And you <laughs> know how it happened? Yeah. Here's how it happened. It's because gun owners of America developed enough of a base 
that they could legitimately threaten the NRA from the right as a competitor. Right. And that kept the NRA from just completely selling out like a lot of Washington, D.C. Yeah. lobbying groups do. And even then, they've still kind of sold out. The pro-life movement or yeah. any other issue. Right. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, if you want more of this, folks, <laughs> I know you know where to go at the end of April. South Dakota, register for the Fight, Laugh, Beast rally. Steve, thanks so much for coming back on the show. Really appreciate you, brother. Thanks yeah. for all your work. Uh, hang on. We got one more segment with Knox. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we're supposed to. He hasn't texted me back yet. We'll see. We'll, <laughs> we'll see if this show is really post-mill or not. Back after this. Hi, I'm Robert Borton, CEO of Classical Conversations. Our most precious commodity is time. No one has ever lied on their deathbed wishing they had spent more time making money. They all wish they had spent more time creating a legacy. Our modern education system steals that legacy, steals that time from our children. That's why I'm passionate about homeschooling. That's why at Classical Conversations we want to give you more time to create that legacy, follow your passions, and glorify God. Visit classicalconversations.com for more information. I got the controls. Hey. I got the control. Which camera do I look at? I don't even know. <laughs> he was moving them all around hey, during the break. <laughs> hey, welcome back to Cross Politics, y'all. This is a post-millennial show because it's getting better and better and yep. better. Yep. And hey, look who's on. Look, look who we got. Look. My hey, homie. Oh, He's been gone the whole, whole week. week. And if you guys don't support us, enjoy the club. Like, Knox has got to do this. He's got to leave. <laughs> Hey, I don't like it when it leaves. Like, oh, that's what it takes. Wait, he, everything falls apart when Knox leaves. Hey, welcome back to Cross right, Politics. Right. This segment is brought to you by, hey, look what, look at my mug. Um, mm. It's my founder's wow. mug. Oh. Hey. Wow. And, and first of all, wow. no, first of all, Knox, first of all, yeah. I had to make my own coffee this morning. And, and it's all right. It's all right. And, it, and it's, it's not as good as usual. Wow. Oh, it's a little heavy. Sorry. It's a little yeah. thick. I mean, yeah. I saw. Problems, hey, Knox, I, I saw the grounds. They were like, it was like powder. I'm like, Toby, (laughs) you don't turn coffee into powder. No, you want a coarse coffee. First of all, I just want to say, I want to apologize to everybody. Um, I don't know how much Gabe has been messing up my switchboard over there, breaking stuff. (laughs) Uh, So I just want to apologize for that, first of all. uh, I want to try. So guys, I'm out here at the Founders Conference right now, and it it has been phenomenal. I want to try and take a peek inside. So I'm not going to talk because they actually have a panel going on with uh, Nettles, uh, Dolezal, uh, Askel, and Longshore. And Rachel, Rachel Dolezal's there? No. No, uh, no, 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 no. James, they don't do that. Uh, <laughs> That's a woman on the stage. But listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and sneak in. Okay, quick, we'll sneak in with you. Guys kind of, yeah, yeah. So don't say, oh, you guys can talk, but I can't talk. I just want to show you guys kind of like, yeah. just what this looks like in here real quick. Okay. There's not that many people there. It's kind of a small conference. <laughs> oh, look, there they are. Hey, Jared. Hey, you should go grab uh, Virgil Walker right now. Just go, like, grab him. Tap him on the shoulder. Come here. So, so what are we getting at? Man. So, so That's fantastic. Been, that looks really good. It, Way to go. Man, it is – the whole conference has been fantastic. Okay, I got to tell you guys, there's one moment that sticks out particularly to me. Oh, they're still laughing. Up. I'm going to go outside now. Okay. That's, that's 
So that's Sarah Askel back there. Oh, hey, Sarah. And so I have, that's, that's how actually the first person I got introduced beautiful to man. the, uh, <laughs> hey, good to see you. Somebody just called me a beautiful man. I had to say hi to that. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, there's been a love, a couple lovely highlights. One of them was they had a panel with Virgil and Daryl from the Just Thinking podcast. Right. And they merged the sword and the trial with the Just Thinking podcast. And the reason this one sticks out to me is because their topic was on um, basically God and government for the most part, biblical government. Right. And theonomy. Y'all, they use they use the word theonomy. They did. Whoa! They, they actually, I mean, it was real. Oh, there you go. Look at this. Hey, <laughs> Virgil, what's up? Hey, Virgil, you, you are. You're live on Cross Politics. Look at guys still on the throne. Yo, that was so. You know, you got to y'all start talking about God and government and theonomy. Y'all got me all excited. I know you got excited. Yeah, right? y'all got excited. <laughs> Boy, they want offering. You, you got happy feet. Didn't you? I was in you the back. back Pentecostal, didn't you? They <laughs> 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 say I never had to go back. It's kind of always been there. Hey, hey, Knox, Knox. Knox, yeah, yeah, ask yeah. ask Virgil, are, is he going to be at the Fight Lab Feast Rally in South Dakota? They're asking me if you're going to be at the Fight Lab Feast Rally in South Dakota. When? April 29th through May 1st. Yeah, Have you not been April listening to our show recently? Yeah, he don't listen to our show. They got millions and millions of downloads every every 16 seconds. Virgil's, Virgil's a club member, and he don't listen to our show? He, he, yeah, he, he's a club member don't listen to the show. I know, it's, it's very embarrassing. I'm a club member, though. <laughs> he is a club member. Virgil Walker's a club member. I'm, I'm, I'm going to wonder if I can take these out and it actually just goes right to, uh, so Virgil can hear, because this is hilarious. There we go. There you go. Hey, Virgil. Do I got volume from you guys? Yeah. Okay, what were you saying? Yep, you're good. Oh, I was just I was just uh, laughing at Virgil being a club member and not knowing when our conference so is. I'm, I'm going to go back to my earpiece. Oh, you can't, you uh, can't hear us. Uh, you can't hear us. All right. Can you hear us now? There we go. I hear you. Go ahead. Biblical interpretation. <laughs> I was just, I was just laughing that Virgil's a club member. He doesn't know when our Fight Lab Feast rally is. Kind of, I mean, like, uh, yeah, he's a club member, but he doesn't know. He just wants to support good things. Yeah, know? way That's to right. go. All right, all right. I, 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 listen, I had to tell y'all this. Now I told these guys. So, it, so it was my first time meeting Daryl here too. So I've been following these guys for a long time, but. The bow tie thing I never got on with. I never got on with the bow tie. And, and so I told him for the first time, I never trust a black man in the bow tie. Yeah. I, never, I, never, I never have. And, and I like these guys. You had a bad bean pie. I had, I had, a, bad had a bad bean pie. I did. I did have a, how did he know I had a bad bean pie? <laughs> so, here, so here's something. I was talking to, um, can you guys hear Virgin when he's talking? Yeah, oh yeah. Yes, yeah, we can. Yeah, we can. Sure. Okay, so, so, uh, so one of the things that I was wanting to, I'm glad you popped up because right now we just had Kamala Harris, the present Kamala Harris. I'm sorry. Um, potential. <laughs> she gonna be president. Right, right, right. <laughs> right, right, right. And give her six months. But one of the things I was talking to you about was the move and the plays right now that you see happening with the BLM movement. They've got position exactly where they want to be right now. Mm-hmm. What do you see politically that they're gonna do, and what should be what should we be looking out for? Yeah. I, I think I think moving I think moving forward, what you're gonna see is their agenda in full. They'll be pushing Biden. 
to the left even further until either he does what what's, what they want or he gets moved over some kind of way. I think they're already – I mean, did you guys see there was that there was that incident where, where he was walking by the Marine and he was supposed to salute and they, they told him to salute and he kind of mouthed the words because he didn't know what was really going on? Right. They're, they're, I mean, that's the plan. The plan is he's, he, he'll be like a puppet yeah. who's told exactly what to do, exactly how to do it. Wow. And, and if that's not the case, they will move him over and, and the agenda of Kamala Harris will be in full force. And that will all be a BLM – focused agenda so and what is the, what so, do you think their end goal is at the end of the day i think it's power it's disruption it's it's, it's overturning uh, uh Ju- the judeo-christian culture judeo-christian worldview i mean we're going to be dealing with all stuff that you guys have been talking about we're going we're to be dealing with all of these, these these issues around uh around rights for government and the like it's got i mean all kinds of all kinds of issues are going to be there um go ahead gabe were you going to say something i forgot I got a load of questions. So, so as you look Straight at that, forgot. you see that move. It's too far in to stop them at this point. Like they're in, they're in. So, as you look at how we need to be thinking and battling that, from your perspective, yeah. what do you think some of our best moves are? Well, I think believers uh, have got to be informed. They've got to be. They've got to be educated. Uh, they've got to know their Bible. Uh, again, we talked last night about about state and the government. We've got to understand what the proper roles are, where the lines of distinction are, uh, so that we can take a stand. And we're going to have to be willing to fight in a way that may cost us more than what we've been willing to 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 uh, to, to to pay uh, in in the, in the short history that, that that we've been around thinking about these kinds of issues. Uh oh! There you are. There we go. I'm not, so, some, so, so Knox called me because I'm supposed to. They called me because I'm supposed to be somewhere, and Uh-oh. I'm not there. And they like, is Knox lost because his dungeon is waiting for him. Okay. He's not in his dungeon. <laughs> so, but that's no, no, totally fine. That's fine. But I'm, so you, I, I got more questions for Virgil. But are you ready? Do, do, you, do you need to close out, or do you need? Or you got a couple no, of minutes? No, I, look until the until the shackles get on my wrist. <laughs> I don't need to close out yet. So, 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 so but, Knox, yeah. Knox, can you ask? Leave up in here. Can you ask Virgil for us? Vir- Virgil is, is so Virgil is a theonomist. So the questioning is right now. Um, what's today? Today is a uh, well, Friday, right? Yeah. Okay. They're wondering, are you a theonomist? Me? Yeah. I think I think all of us deal with that with theonomy to, to a degree. Yes, he said yes. <laughs> he said yes. <laughs> he's, uh, he's right. We'll see you later, Virgil. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. You got it. That's I, great. I want about seventeen caveats. So go ahead. I'll let you, yeah. I'll let you have all, all, all of us. All of us address and deal with God's law at some level, right? Yeah. And again, it's it's how we categorize that. How we how we look at that. I mean, the, the, no, no one's trying to, at least in, from a standpoint of, of my view, is 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 imposing the civil. Or a civil order of, of Israel, the, the, the theocracy of Israel in the current culture today, but but there, there's aspects of it that we're always we're always dealing with the moral law of God on some level, That's right. uh, in some way, shape, or form. We're always we're always dealing with the categories that God has placed: church, government, uh, family. We're always dealing with that in some yeah. way, and it's all based on the order of God. So we've got to look at those things and know what that's. About. Hey, hey, Knox, ask uh, Virgil, uh, what does AD stand for? Gabe asks, what does AD stand for? AD? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not fooling with you, Gabe. Anno Domini, year of our Lord. Oh. There we go. Oh. That's how fast he is. You see, I didn't catch it. Yeah, I, knew it. I wasn't there. Uh oh. Uh oh. So, okay. So, 
Um, AD all day, Adrian Peterson. That's what we. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Hey guys, it really has been a great conference. That that panel that they had, um, it you know it's interesting right now. Presbyterians had an opportunity, I think, uh, years ago with Greg Bonson to kind of work some of these things out. And in and, and one sense, they kind of shunned him. Mm-hmm. And watching this conversation be revisited, not because we want to have the conversation, but because the world is pressing in on us and we didn't have the answers that we should have had mm. 30, 40 years ago before we got here. And watching it come to the Baptist culture and the Baptist world, it, in one sense, I kind of feel like, man, it's, it's kind of put us to shame in a lot of senses because we, we've had this conversation a long time ago. And we got guys who've written all sorts of economic modeling books mm-hmm. uh, on this. Um, I mean, Uncle Gary has been a huge blessing to the church, and I think it's just now that his work that he's put in for the last 30, 40 years is going to get revisited because people have this pressing in on them. Um, and it's almost the same thing we've seen in history with councils. If you, you know, councils developed because they were having problems in the church. Yep. Yep. What do yep. we do with who God is? How, what do we do with who Christ is? And, and how do we operate? Well, we, we kind of assume some things, but now because of the fight, it's driving us to make very clear how we need to operate. And it's amazing being, being post-millennial. Uh, I ain't going to get you in trouble. Me being post-millennial. <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, the, the battle is in the civic, civil realm. Yep. There's a reason for that. It's not an accident that our battle's in the civil realm. And because it is there, it's making the shore up spheres, yep. homes, churches. Yep. What does the state do again? Yep. How do they operate? That's right. Where do their marching orders come from? And and, and this is why um, Tom says this all the time. It's God's world. He gets to make the rules. And I think we're realizing that it is God's world. He does get to make the rules. And we're we're saying, what are the rules that they have to abide by? Yeah. Amen. Wow, that's great. So. Knox, you're, Yo. we miss you, man. We miss you. I miss y'all too. Oh, did I get to close it out? Yeah, you do. Oh, look, if you're single, get married. Close your ears. If you're married and have kids, and if you have kids, go baptize them. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics. Thank you, Knox. You saved the show. Love you guys. You saved it, man. <laughs> love you. You saved it. Love See you. Guys. All right. I love chewing gun the whole time. Twenty twenty. God exposed America with a bunch of viral particles, a plague. God flicked and we buckled. Our political leaders shut down their states in fear. Our pastors abdicated the church as non-essential, and we have been scattered by petty, tyrannical resolutions and edicts into our homes or hiding our shame with masks. Businesses have been shut down by arbitrary non-essential labels. Strip clubs, pot shops, and abortion facilities remained open, while churches were threatened, regulated, and fined. First Amendment rights were trampled on as we Christians were arrested by despotic, unprincipled local governments. Citizens were harassed by unelected health districts, and communities were threatened in their houses by cops. This sounds like a third world country, a bad dream, but it is not. It is the new America. This America is ruled by fear. This America is ruled by opportunistic politicians who don't give a damn about you. This America breeds a compliant citizenry that cares more about their strip clubs and DoorDash deliveries that cares more about their safety and their comforts than the truth that Jesus is King of Kings and that our freedoms are protected by the Constitution. This America is worse than King George III's America. It's time to take a stand, but to stand requires courage and courage requires repentance. 
What we need is reformation and revival in our churches, in our families, in our communities, in our businesses, and in our government. Every square inch needs the blood of Jesus. We need to cease this moment where all our sins, fears, and failures have been exposed by God through this plague and gather to sing psalms, to feast, and to get strengthened, to be encouraged, and equipped to lead America back to Jesus, who is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Governor after governor instituted some sort of shutdown, ignoring your constitutional rights. There was one governor, one state, that did not buckle and join the crowd of governors driven by fear. Governor Christine Nome has stood strong through this pandemic. And so we are bringing our first annual Fight, Laugh, Feast rally to Rapid City, South Dakota, April 29th through May 1st. Join us in the land of the free and the home of the brave as we learn to love God, sing psalms, and defy tyrants.